one very simple principle of life that every single person understands is that nothing is achieved without an effort every parent has repeatedly told his child about this every employer has told his worker about it and this is things that we have tried to motivate ourselves with from time to time that anything a person wants to achieve in dunya then there is an effort behind it and without that effort that it cannot be achieved anything good anything constructive anything productive all these things are dependent on effort the opposite doesn't require effort to destroy something sometimes with the slightest or rather with no effort also that destruction can happen to make a garden that garden takes a lot of time to even just to first bring it to the level of a garden a piece of ground person wants to make it into a garden then it takes a very great amount of effort to bring it to just a basic garden there might be boulders and rocks in there that will have to be cleared out there might be a whole lot of dirt that has to be sorted out and cleared out there might be weeds and thorns all that has to be removed people might have been throwing all the filth and dirt and dumping things there all that has to be removed so many things have to be done then that land has to be plowed or or dug up the soil has to be turned then that grass has to be planted and for a good number of days it will be watered and after a lot of effort finally it will look like a garden but then that was all the effort to make it like a garden or make it a garden but just neglected for a short while no effort and in a very short while within weeks few months it become a jungle again all those snakes and scorpions that all were removed from this place before within a few months if it's just neglected nothing no effort is made on it it become a jungle again all kinds of harmful insects all kinds of things that will become a problem would all find their way back into it So to make it a garden requires a lot of effort. To make it a jungle, a place where all snakes and scorpions and harmful things will come and make it their house and anybody passing by would be in danger, their life can be at risk. No effort required. 
that will become itself. All the jungles of the world, nobody makes any effort upon it. All the most dangerous animals live there. And all the gardens and exotic gardens that people go to see, all that there's such a great amount of effort on it, that for people to enter and go and visit it, they charge them a fee also. So this is a simple principle that everybody understands, that in dunya, nothing is achieved without an effort. What comes without effort is all the negative things. The negative things, that is the general principle, no effort required. To remove the negative things, that requires a lot of effort also. To inculcate the correct things requires effort. So when the things of dunya run on this principle, dunya is a very very temporary place, everything about dunya is very very feeble, just, it's just a deception in so many ways, which Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, that this life of dunya is just an abode of deception, it's things of deception. So when these things of deception also require effort, how much effort would deen require? Deen also goes on the same principle. And in the effort of dunya, a person will get some dunya which will be with him for a while. That too, he may get it, may not get it. Be with him for a while. Either it will part from him, or he's going to part from it sooner or later. But for that very, very temporary dunya, so much of effort is required. It won't come without that effort. Deen, deen is the road to Jannat. The road to the everlasting life of happiness and bliss in the Akhirat. That Jannat, which no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, no heart can even imagine. All the bounties and na'mas of Jannat which Allah has described in the Quran Sharif, which have been described to us in the Hadith Sharif. And this is perpetual, it will never end. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah will bring two sheep and He will ask, He will bring one sheep, one sheep will be brought forward. And that sheep will be brought forward and people will be asked, that, can you recognize this? So they will look at it, yes we recognize it. So what is this? So this is mouth. Death will be brought in that form of a sheep. They say we recognize it, this is death. We all saw it. Death came to everyone. So because every person met death, because now this is a Qiyamah, by the time everybody reaches there, they all met death. So therefore everybody saw death. So now though the form and shape is different, they'll recognize it. Allah will make them recognize it. Now that everybody recognizes this is death, it will be slaughtered. And the people of Jannat will be informed that, oh people of Jannat, there is no more death. So your existence in Jannat is now perpetual, forever. And oh people of Jahannam, death has been slaughtered. There is no more death. So your existence and remaining in Jahannam is forever. And when this will happen, the joy of the people of Jannat will increase beyond limits. Because that 
thought that could have come in the mind that you're enjoying all these na'mas and bounties, but suddenly it might just get taken away. It might stop. Now that thought also can't come to the mind. And the people of Jahannam, their grief will just become, will grow unlimited. Because now there's no chance of this ever coming to an end. So that is Jannat, that everlasting life of Jannat, that bliss, that too requires effort. For dunya, there's so much of concern, so much of hard work, so much of effort. For deen also, there needs to be that effort. There needs to be that effort to bring deen into our lives. Therefore, in the Quran Sharif, Allah wa Taala says, "Walladina jahadu fina, lanahdiyannahum subulana." Now we all want to get to this, onto this path of Jannat, and remain on it, and get safely to the Akhirat, safely to Jannat. So all these pathways of hidayat that lead to Jannat, Allah Taala says, "Walladina jahadu fina," those who strive in our path, lanahdiyannahum subulana will guide them to the pathways of Hidayat. Now this Walladina Jahadu Fina, those who strive in our path, what is this Fina? The Mufassirin have explained this. One meaning of this Jahadu Fina, Walladina Jahadu Fittigai Mardatina. Those who strive in trying to achieve our pleasure. Now this is all comprehensive, but it is then further elaborated on but those who strive to achieve what will please us now what will please Allah Ta'ala? so every aspect of life we have been given guidance of how to conduct ourselves in that part of life to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is not confined to the masjid the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is in the masjid also but this insan won't be able to stay 24 hours in the masjid. He will stay in the masjid also. He'll be in the masjid for his salah. He will make some ibadat. He will make tilawat of the Quran Sharif. He'll participate in the amal of deen. But then he's going to leave. He's going to go home. He's going to go to his job. He's going to go to his business. So does it mean once he leaves now he can't be attaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? The pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is confined only to the masjid? No, no, that's not the case. Allah Ta'ala has made this possible for this insan everywhere that he earns the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, he can be even in the masjid and be far away from earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And he can be deep in the midst of some work of dunya. But he can be earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. It all depends what he's doing, where he's doing what he's doing. A person who has gone to his business and he's trading, he's buying, he's selling, he's doing whatever his work is, but he's not breaking the command of Allah Ta'ala in any way. And he's doing it with the right intentions. He's doing it to earn a halal risk. This is also my obligation. So I have to do it to earn a halal risk. And then to spend whatever he might earn on his needs, the needs of his family, to share it with others. To give the less, those who have lesser, who are in desperate, desperate situations, help them out. So all this now becomes ibadat. And what an ibadat? That he's going about it number one correctly. He's not cutting corners. He's not doing something that will displease Allah Ta'ala. 
Allah Ta'ala loves this so much that it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that this person who conducted his business with honesty and uprightness he didn't cut any corners he was honest and he followed what Allah Ta'ala wanted from him in how he transacted what kind of manner of business he did so he will be raised on the day of Qiyamah with the Anbiya Alayhim can we imagine what a great honor on the day of Qiyamah people will be coming in groups Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif that people will come in all kinds of groups the Kuffar they'll be in their groups all people of Kufr in a group itself but then all the groups the Munafiqeen in a group the Mushrikeen in a group and all kinds of deviated groups kind of Aqeedah and beliefs the person had in dunya the kind of Amal he did now that's the kind of group he'll come in on the day of Qiyamah as obvious a person came in the group of the Mushrikeen a group of the Munafiqeen where he's going to end up also and then there will be groups of the Mu'mineen so can we imagine now in the Mu'mineen also there will be some of the very close people the Muqarrabeen there will be some who will be little bit maybe on a different level but who can be closer than the Anbiya Ali highest level and some people will join them they will be raised with the Anbiya Ali with the Siddiqeen with the Shuhada and with the Salihin with the people of the highest rank Nabi Islam says that person who traded in the correct way he didn't displease Allah in any way can we imagine what a tremendously great honor but where this pleasure of Allah was achieved and earned out in the dunya doing the work of dunya but without compromising deen in any way earning the pleasure of Allah with the salah time the salah wasn't compromised and the dunya wasn't the object of life and the person did what he had to do as per the needs, as per the requirements but he did not cut corners, he did not make that the purpose of life and just to just amass something of dunya whatever was the normal reasonable effort he had to make, he made whatever Allah blessed him thereafter, alhamdulillah so there he earned the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. to that extent he'll be raised with the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam on the day of Qiyamah with the Nabiyeen, with the Siddiqeen, with the Shuhada the martyrs is beyond imagination now this mujahada was made because in that place also there's a lot of mujahada required the nafs will keep coming trying to derail the person make him do something which will cut corners somewhere and he says I'm not interested in all that there's a mujahada, there's a striving he has to trample his nafs he has to suppress his desires and he has to sometimes really hold himself back because this is going to displease Allah that I don't want it I don't want to have anything to do with it but that mujahada وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا those who strive in our path فِي اِبْتِغَاءِ مَرْضَاتِنَا in trying to earn our pleasure then they will be guided to the pathways of hidayat وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala is with them Allah Ta'ala is with those who do good so this is one very very great avenue of earning the place, the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. 
obviously a person now cannot be expecting that he'll earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala by being very honest and upright in his business but at the expense of Salah at the expense of the other obligations of Deen no no that's the foundation all this gets built on that then together with that for example in a person's social life earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in his social life his living with his family they have their own sometimes requirements or they desire something to do something go somewhere there are certain family pressures that come about certain pressures from society because this is now how something must be done how a wedding must be held for example how people must interact in a social function now somebody says, but I, this is, this is not in order, this kind of intermingling, men and women all intermingling, this is not in order, or oh, this kind of wedding, where all this kind of haram is taking place, there's music being played, what not is happening, all the mixing up that is happening, all this, I can't be part of it. So now he has to start hearing a lot of kinds of comments, somebody is saying something, somebody is saying something, somebody is calling him that this person is little bit, become extremist. And somebody says that this person now is he's become a social unfit and misfit or whatever else, so many kinds of titles he's given. Now he's insan, he also has a heart, somebody's calling him all kinds of names and passing comments, so he feels something. But he says, doesn't matter, this is, I'm being made to hear all this for my Rabb, because I want to please Allah Ta'ala. Fittigha'i mardatina. So he's ready to make that mujahada. He's making the mujahada now. That sabr is the mujahada. That sabr that he's making and he's not giving in to something that is going to displease Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is displeased with it. He doesn't do it. Now that requires that sabr. So now that sabr that he is making, that is earning him this pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and this is that mujahada that is going to open out the pathways of hidayah for him. Very soon he'll be on the super highway of Jannat. Sometimes some friends are calling him, come and do this, do that. Want to get him involved in all kinds of things. And now because he's part of that social circle, part of that group, part of that clique, now he's going to be the only one left out. That time of the year now, everybody is going to do all kinds of things. And he's going to be left alone doing nothing. That's what they tell him, you're doing nothing. Or you're going to be losing out. So now this, he's also, his heart is now getting inclined. Nafs is tempting him. Shaitan is also dragging in one direction. And he is holding back. He is making that mujahada. He is making that sabr. But I don't want to displease Allah Taala. So now that mujahada is a very big thing. Sometimes a person just wants to, okay, now mind, just one time, we'll just do something one time. Just two times, a little bit here and there, once in a while. But all these habits grow in the same manner. Very deep habits don't grow overnight. Once one father wanted to teach his son one lesson. So, one day he took him to the garden, and the garden he showed him one bottle. There's a bottle. And inside the bottle there's an orange. It's a glass bottle. 
there's an orange inside and now this that stem is coming out of that neck of the bottle uh, this young boy now 10 years old 12 years old now he's looking at this bottle this orange is inside trying to pull it out it can't come out how can it come out now he's totally astonished how did this orange get in here to start over this thin little neck this big orange inside how did it get inside ah, he is really puzzled trying to pull it where is it going to come out so in any case his father saw him how astonished he is he said don't worry leave it there then he brought him the next day again to the garden this time he brought him with one empty bottle along came with an empty bottle and came to that orange tree which was flowering so now he took that one stem which had a flower in it small little flower and he put that stem inside the bottle now the small little flower at the end of that little stem pushed it inside the bottle and left it there just put it in place and left it there after some time that flower started now slowly the small fruit started coming in place and then after a while that fruit started growing more and then growing more after some days, a week or two, now it had occupied the space inside the bottle. Now every day this youngster is coming and he's looking at it. And now when that bottle got full with that orange again, now the whole lesson just came to him. The whole lesson just suddenly dawned upon him. That that orange that was inside the first time round, he was so surprised. How does this orange get in there? That big orange can't get in there. That small flower can get in there. That orange can't get in there. But the small flower gets in there and becomes a big orange. But now once it became that big orange, you can't take it out. So likewise, there are many things which sound like, this is just a small thing, a small thing. A lot of things are all small things. All these things are called small things. But then that small thing starts off. Now that gets into the system. But that small thing now doesn't stay, doesn't get removed. So it starts growing in the system, in the heart, in the mind, in the person's lifestyle. And a small thing becomes a bigger thing. And that bigger thing becomes an even bigger thing. Now someday when he realizes, hey, but this is a big problem. This is causing so much of damage in my life. This is derailing my whole scene. This is causing so much of havoc in everything. So now I need to get rid of this. Now when he decides to get rid of it, he is trying to pull it out. It's inside that bottle now. It's inside the bottle of that heart. It's in every vein. Every vein of the heart is now soaked with it. I thought he's just watching something once in a while. Uh, free time now. Just flip through something. Just look at something just for passing time. So one time, just little bit. One little bit. Little bit. So one time, little bit. Two times, little bit. But now every little is growing. Now as it grew over time, that grew into his heart and mind. That grew into his system. One person was advised, just yesterday, yesterday morning, that look for your own benefit, don't touch the phone last night. For last night he was told, don't touch the phone at all. So today he wrote that was the most unusual feeling of not touching the phone for the night. It was such an unusual and difficult thing to do. It was a very, very unusual thing. Meaning something out of this world almost. Couldn't, it was like, just a feeling that something is wrong. Whereas that was right, Suddenly feeling that, how is going to pass the night? Abdullah, the night passed. But this is how it grows into the system. It grows into the system that it takes over. 
Like that orange took over the space inside that bottle. Now it didn't leave space for anything else. This too takes away the space of a person's life, of his heart. To the extent that alone deen, don't leave any space for deen in that heart. It takes away the space of his family from that heart. It takes away the space of anyone and everyone. He is just stuck onto his own things. So now that didn't happen in one day. That didn't happen in one week. Over time it grew, it took over the whole space of the heart. Now the person wants to take it out, very very difficult. Sometimes you have to break that bottle. Operation will be required now, you have to cut it maybe. And then I don't know how it's going to be, them stuck together. So likewise this heart sometimes then needs a very major operation for those things that got stuck into it to be removed from it. So that mujahada, when a person is making that mujahada to stay away from these things, that mujahada is not just by the way, it's saving him from, besides achieving so much for him, earning so much for him, it's saving him from so much of destruction. Outwardly, outwardly it seems like he is in a very difficult situation now, striving, struggling, but he is really benefiting. And initially, when something is now against the nafs, the person is not accustomed to it. So there is some kind of struggle with him. A little bit of struggle. Once he carries on, then he becomes accustomed to it, and then it becomes easy for him. But then when he starts doing it in a way that he is conscious of Allah all the time, it became easy already, it became a habit almost. But now he's focusing towards Allah Ta'ala, then it becomes even an enjoyment. So this is that mujahada, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Allah Ta'ala says those who strive, and the one meaning of this is, فِي اِبْتِغَاءِ مَرْضَاتِنَا In trying to earn our pleasure. So whether in the masjid, earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, even in the masjid, we lose the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Person comes in a masjid, they sit in the house of Allah Ta'ala, Allah forbid, so many are looking at so many haram things inside the masjid too. Person is sitting in the masjid, but his heart is far away somewhere else. And Allah forbid sometimes heart is some haram. Person is in the masjid, but he's making ghibat. He's talking to somebody, he's making ghibat in the house of Allah Ta'ala. So now he's in the house of Allah Ta'ala, and he's earning the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, azab. He's inviting azab, because of what he's doing. So even in the masjid, to be earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, by conducting oneself in the right way, by doing the right thing, by coming with the right niyad, and outside the house of Allah Ta'ala also, whether a person is at home, how he deals with his family, what will please Allah Ta'ala, how he conducts his business, what will please Allah Ta'ala. At every step, this is his concern. And this is his greater concern. In one dua, Rasulullah got an ajeeb dua. And this dua, Allah's Nabi was at the peak of every good. These duas were ta'aleem for us. Nabi is saying, Allahumma la taj'alid dunya akbara hammina wala mablagha ilmina wala ghayata raghbatina wala tusallit alayna man la irhamuna The first aspect in the dua Allahumma la taj'alid dunya akbara hammina Allah don't make dunya our greatest concern 
Don't make the dunya our greater concern. The greater concern must be deen. The greater concern must be akhirat. And the smaller concern must be the needs of dunya. So the greater concern, this concern, am I earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? What I said, did that please Allah Ta'ala or not? What am I thinking about? Is he taking me closer to Allah Ta'ala or distancing me from him? How I want to conduct this transaction, what it will earn? The pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or his displeasure? How I am talking to my wife, what will this bring? Allah Ta'ala's happiness or his displeasure? How I am dealing with my children, where will this take me? How am I conducting myself in society with my neighbors, whoever? How will this take me? Where it will take me? It will take me closer to Allah Ta'ala or far away from Him? This is a concern. This is dunya akbar hammina. Such a person's concern has become deen. Now he's in his business also, but his greater concern is deen. Ya Allah, this business mustn't become a means of harm in my deen. Rather it must become a means of helping me in my deen. And all the time worried about how to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now that is the meaning of this dunya akbar And the other side of it is a person is in salah also but how to now multiply dunya? A person is in his way the only concern is something or the other about dunya. And one is dunya which that, that part of dunya which is halal. Allah forbid that the mind and heart is only engaged in haram. How to achieve something haram? How to get to something haram? That is Allah forbid where that will throw a person out. So Nabi starts me saying, Allahumma la taj'ali dunya akbar hammina. Ya Allah, you do not allow the dunya to become our greater concern. Deen must be the greater concern. And the person whose greater concern is deen, he will not be planning his day around his business. He will be planning his day around his salah. My salah mustn't get affected for anything. My other aspects of deen must be in place. And then the second point, Wala mablaga ilmina. Allah, don't make this the peak of my knowledge. The best I know is about dunya. Deen, just a little bit here and there. Just barely just getting along. But dunya I know a lot. My knowledge of dunya is right at the top. Knowledge of deen somewhere at the bottom. So yes, whatever a person needs to learn to earn a living, etc., he will acquire those skills. But he has to keep improving his knowledge of deen. His knowledge of deen must be far beyond his knowledge of dunya. Not everybody is going to have the opportunity to learn deen in all its detail, study the details of the Qur'an Sharif and Sunnah. Yes, he will have his sufficient knowledge, but he must be improving all the time in his knowledge of all the things that pertain to his day-to-day life, how to do, what will he, whatever he has to do in a way that will earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, knowledge about how to clean the heart out of all the things that will displease Allah Ta'ala, that become a barrier in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. All the time he has to improve his knowledge. Say Allah, don't allow the knowledge of dunya to become the peak. Knowledge of deen must be way beyond it. Wala ghayata raghbatina. Ya Allah, don't make dunya the pinnacle of my aspirations. Person's wishes and his aspirations and his dreams, all surrounding dunya. All the time, how can I have that? And how can I get there? And how can I do that? 
all about dunya. That is his peak of his aspiration. That is his dream. That is his wish. How can I drive this? And how can I own that? And how can I build over further than that? Nothing that is impermissible provided these things are within the limits of Sharia. It's not being forbidden, but it's not something that's fire. That this is the dream of a person. Nabi Islam is making this dua, this is Salim Fars. What is his aspiration? Aspiration is akhirat. Ya Allah, I need to get closer to you. That's the aspiration. Ya Allah, how can I become a true ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa How can I improve my salah? Ya Allah, my heart is so filled with so many evils and vices. How can this get cleaned out? That's the aspiration. How can this heart become filled with the muhabbat of Allah ta'ala? That's the aspiration. So, wala ghayata raghbatina. Ya Allah, the peak of my aspiration must be dunya. Dunya, whatever is necessary, will do. And in mudun that limited normal efforts, whatever Allah Ta'ala blesses, Alhamdulillah. Whatever concerns a person will have to make some fikr, etc. He'll make it, he'll do it. But his greater aspiration is akhirat. Wala ghayata raghbatina. Wala tusallit alayna man la yirhamuna. This is in the hadith of Tirmidhi Sharif. In the end, Nabi Islam says, Ya Allah, don't appoint over us such people who won't have mercy over us, upon us. Ya Allah, don't appoint any such people over us who will have no mercy upon us. Now the question is, that there are three things mentioned initially. Ya Allah, do not make dunya our greatest concern. Don't make that the height of our knowledge. Don't make that the pinnacle of our aspirations. And the fourth thing, Ya Allah, don't appoint such people over us who won't have mercy upon us. What's the link? Because this is a dua of Rasulullah This is not something happens. It is coming out from the Zubani Nubuad. From the tongue of Nubuad. So it's not something just by the way just happened that well something just got said. No, there is a very deep link between all this. And the link is he made this point of what is this link? That we are being cautioned that look, if dunya becomes your greatest concern, if dunya becomes the height of your knowledge, if dunya becomes the pinnacle of your aspirations, then beware, such people will become appointed over you who will show no mercy to you. This will become the end result. That such people will then be appointed as rulers over you, they'll be only concerned about what they want to do for themselves, and they'll have no mercy for you. Now, this is a very common thing that we always are looking for the fault somewhere else. But how often do we look to see, am I contributing to the problem? How much am I contributing to the problem? And if I'm contributing to the problem, then I have to rectify myself, then if I rectify myself, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will make the means for me to be safe from the problem. So if we consider within our hearts and minds, within ourselves, these first three things, how much of this lies in my heart? How much is the aspiration of dunya? How much is the aspiration of deen? So this mujahada in dunya is not in vain. It is not going to be wasted. Is mujahada for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. This is going to take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. At every step, 
and Allah Ta'ala says he'll open the pathways of Hidayat for him when the pathways of Hidayat are opened out for him then there is no difficulty left for him because now Allah Ta'ala has put him on the open road Allah Ta'ala has put him on the open road now he just goes smooth sailing but to get there that mujahada will be necessary when he made the mujahada and got there inshallah Allah Ta'ala will keep taking him forward so this dunya is a very very small place very short time we are here all these things will happen outside people will be doing all kinds of things but we need to focus towards what our purpose of life is that we want to get safely to Allah wa ta'ala. we want to get close to Him we want to reach Jannah so our hearts and minds should not be caught up let alone going to any such places where all the fitna takes place etc even our hearts and minds should not be in that direction our heart and mind should be towards Allah ta'ala. In the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَرْكَنُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا فَتَمَسَّكُمُ النَّارِ وَلَا تَرْكَنُوا Don't even incline, don't even incline to the ways of the zalimin, to the ways of the oppressors, those who are oppressed themselves. Don't even incline in that direction. Otherwise the risk is, the Jahannam, fire of Jahannam will get to you. There was one very pious person, Shaykh al-Hadith Mahazakir writes this incident in his biography that was a very pious person although a good person, pious person one day it happened that he came out of his house at a time when the Hindus in India the Hindus were celebrating some festival of theirs and on that day when they were celebrating the festival he came out of his house at that time now in that festival of theirs what they do is they color everything red throw red coloring on everything they throw red coloring on one another also. That's part of their celebration now. What beauty there is in our deen. That when the time of the celebration of a mu'min comes, in what a beautiful manner he celebrates. The day of Eid comes, the night of Eid, the ibadat of the night of Eid, is among the greatest nights of ibadat. That's the celebration of a mu'min now. The day of Eid comes, every day he was going for five salah, the day of Eid he goes for one more salah. That's his celebration. What a beautiful way of life Allah Ta'ala gave us. And others how they celebrate? Their celebration is how to become drunk. Person becomes so intoxicated he can't make out the difference between his wife and his sister. The person loses his senses and what not he does. And it becomes such a such an environment right through throughout people become lose their minds and behave in such strange ways that they themselves call it the silly season then. You see people go silly in the sand. Allah Ta'ala saved us from all that. Allah Ta'ala gave us the beautiful way of deen. Allah Ta'ala gave us this most noble way of Rasulullah. If we spend our whole life making shukr just for this ni'mat Allah Ta'ala saved us from all these kind of evils and vices and being part of it that too we can't make enough shukr for what a beautiful way of life Allah Ta'ala gave us now if we leave this beautiful path and we still want to go and be part of something else what a tragedy that somebody who's been given that beautiful fragrant flower to inhale and take that beautiful fragrance into his mind and heart and enjoy the beautiful fragrance and he insists, no, I'm not going to 
uh, inhale this flower, the fragrance of this flower, I want to go where the dump is. I want to go where all the dump is, where the terrible stench is. Only difference is that dunya is a test. So outwardly, we can't smell that. With our nostrils of dunya, we can't smell that dump. But, that stench is there. The Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says, the person who lies, he speaks a lie. So the angels, they run away, they flee away, go far away, to the extent of one mile, because they can't bear the stench, the bad smell, that comes out from the mouth of this person because of the lie that he spoke. Now that lie has such a bad smell. Insan, insan can't smell it. But the malaika smell it. So where all the vices and all the sins are taking place and all the evils are happening, what a stench that will be. This is one lie. All the whole lot of vices taking place in one place, how much of stench will be there? But insan's nose can't smell it. The malaika smell it. So now this person is saying, no, I don't want to smell this flower. The Quran Sharif, mashallah, what beautiful fragrance that will be bringing, that will fill the person's ruh with that beautiful fragrance. The zikr of Allah Taala, the gatherings of deen, striving in the path of Allah Taala, all the good environments, what beautiful things it will fill his heart with. But he insists, no, no, I don't want to have all this, I want to go to the dump. I want to go to all the filth and muck in. So what a tragedy that will be, that who Allah Ta'ala already gave this beautiful flower to, he wants to leave the flower behind and go to the muck. So this is that beautiful zeen Allah Ta'ala gave us. So, this celebration, now we are talking about this incident, we'll just finish off on this, that this pious person, he came out on the day of this celebration, and all the people were throwing this coloring, and when he came out, he saw this happening around him, so he observed what's going on. At that time he was chewing, now those who are familiar with it, he was chewing pan, this leaf. And those who chew that pan, the whole saliva, etc., everything becomes blood red. Because that leaf gives off that kind of red, some substance. So the whole saliva, mouth, everything becomes red. So he was chewing some pan at that time. So now his mouth was now filled with that saliva which was red. Now he saw what's going on. Now a donkey was standing nearby. So he looked at the donkey. And now he's just talking to the donkey now. Just making a joke of it. He said, how come nobody colored you? Everything is getting colored all over the place. They're coloring one another. How come nobody colored you? And now he said that. And he spat on the donkey. Because he knew now his saliva is all red. So he spat on the donkey and he said, okay, I colored you. Like a joke now. He made like a joke of it. That nobody colored you, okay, I colored you. And he carried on, he forgot about it. Sometime later he passed away. When he passed away, another pious person saw him in the dream. Now these dreams, they are true dreams, they are dreams without any truth in it. But, there is no, no reason why a person can't take an ibrat from a dream. So all the indications are that there is some, some lesson in this. So this five person saw him in a dream. They asked him, how, how did things go with you? You passed away, everything happened, how it happened? And Alhamdulillah, I was forgiven, but there is one real problem. There is one small little snake that has been placed on my lip. And it keeps biting me.
and causing me tremendous taklif and pain. And the reason for this is, I was told, that why did you participate in the festival of my enemies? That the enemies were, all those who were making shirk with Allah Ta'ala, they were, partic- they were, it was their festival, they were doing things now of shirk. How you participated with them? So this is your punishment now. So, we have been blessed with, mashallah, this beautiful deen, and this little mujahada, Allah Ta'ala gives a great deal for this little dunya, we can't earn a little bit of dunya without that effort. So Jannat, will Jannat be earned without any effort? But the effort that we have to make is very little, very very little effort, hardly anything. But that little effort we make, and Allah Ta'ala blesses us with so much. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, that we truly make the mujahada that is required to please Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, and at every step of the way, we are concerned, our greatest concern is how to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, how to get the safe passage to Akhirat, save ourselves from all the problems that come in the way, all the temptations of nafs and shaitan. Inshallah, with this constant concern and this fikr and this mujahada, Allah Ta'ala will guide us to the pathways of Hidayat and take us to Jannat. Akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And make zikr for a few minutes and dua inshallah. Reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous deeds and give him the tawfiq of staying away from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Therefore we should try to make this a point of making this zikr hundred times daily in our homes, wherever, in our own time and place. But hundred times we try and make the zikr daily. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Beside Guru Chakras. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah 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 la ila
ஒன்பதாம் <laughs> ஜமிய <laughs> ஜிஹல்லாம் ஜமாஹ Give us a topic of making zikr in daily, daily Allah. Keep us, Ya Allah, engaged in dua daily, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you enable us, Ya Allah, to do what pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them shifai kamila, adila, mustamira, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody is in, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those, Ya Allah, who have passed away, Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our time is coming as well, Ya Allah. Take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on perfect iman, Ya Allah. Take us on complete tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our cover gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
Allah give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning Ya Allah Allah we don't deserve anything Ya Allah Allah but you are most kareem Ya Allah Allah you grant without anybody deserving Ya Allah Allah you grant us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah all those who asked us to make dua for them all those who have raised their hands to this dua Allah you know each one's needs Ya Allah fulfill each one's jai's needs Ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations Ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships Ya Allah for each one's heart with Ya Allah, sukoon and itminan Ya Allah, with tranquility and peace Ya Allah, Ya Allah unite the hearts of the Ummah Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses Ya Allah, unite the hearts of parents and children Ya Allah, unite the hearts of Ya Allah family members Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, Allah grant us that as well Ya Allah, whatever we should have asked for and did not ask, Ya Allah, without asking, give it to us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi ma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbi.